It is so good to have you guys with us as we continue on through this 10 series. Those of you who are watching online, we just love having you uh, with us each and every week. Well, it's a big day. Uh, today we've got Fall Fest this afternoon. Now, Halloween's kind of interesting around my house. I need to back up just a little bit because Amy, uh, she'll get candy like three or four days before Halloween, and she hides it. And, uh, and so then, then I try to find it. So that's sort of the game we play. And usually when I find it, I tell her that I found it. Uh, this time I did not tell her I found it. I actually found it Thursday night. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, Kit Kats. We, you, you know, there's always good stuff like Kit Kat she has. And there's like the, the stuff when it all runs out, like the corn candy. Like, you know that? Like if you, don't give corn candy. Just don't give anything, right? Just if you got corn candy. I mean, you're better than that. Come on. But anyhow, but so, uh, so I, I find the Kit Kats. I eat, eat, eat. If you have corn candy, you're like, man, I'm really offended now, but. I'm just trying to help you. Um, so I found it and uh, didn't tell her. And, and we, we have an 11-year-old lab. He never does this, but Saturday morning we got up and he had gotten in the trash. And so our kitchen is just trash everywhere. Now, I mean, that's a problem in and of itself. It's a greater problem because what was in the trash. So it was like all of the Kit Kat, wrap, Kit Kat wrappers are there. And she's like looking at me like, you found it. And you didn't tell me. Yeah, I did, right? But we still have Twizzlers left over. I mean, that's what we have for tonight. No Kit Kats. We do it. I just want to tell you, if you come to our house, so we're out of Kit, Kat, Kit Kats, but we, we got Twizzlers. But uh, we got that tonight. And then uh, Fall Fest, give some candy to trick-or-treaters. And then tonight, before you lay your head down and go to bed, the Atlanta Braves could be a World Series champions tonight. So this is a big day. And if you're not a Braves fan, I'm sorry. Give us our moment. It's been 26 years. Like, just rejoice with those who rejoice. Give us a little time. I was so excited last night after the game. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's late, and I, I stayed up late, and I'm, you know, Amy's trying to go to bed, and I'm just giving her play-by-play -play and, you know, telling her, you know, about it. And finally, she's just so sweet. She said, I, I don't know how, I don't care. Like, I, I really don't care. So it was a crushing blow. So anyhow, big, big night tonight. Hey, we are in... Uh, we're in, in week number four of the Ten Commandments series, and so we come to commandment number five, which is a little confusing. We did two the first week. I know it's a little bit confusing, but the, the commandment we come to today is so important for us to study, and I think it's probably one of the most overlooked commandments of all the ten, but I can make a case that every problem we have in our culture today in many ways stems from a lack of keeping the fifth commandment. And so you might say, well, what is it? Well, commandment number one was to have no other gods before God. Commandment number two, not to make for ourselves, do not make for yourself an idol. Commandment number three, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Don't associate God's name with anything that God is not associated with. Commandment number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then here we go. Commandment number five, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord, the Lord your God has given you. And there was a, there's moms here who are celebrating, right? Because, and they're thinking, I'm going to go get my kids because my kids need to be here because the fifth commandment is the kid's commandment. But it's not. Like, I'm not saying that that doesn't have play or traction for kids. Of course it does. But, but think about these commandments. All ten of them were given by God to the children of Israel at one time. And we wouldn't really say that any of the others were just for kids, right? I mean, not a lot of kids are fashioning, like, idols. Uh, not a lot of kids are, are committing uh, adultery. they not married. Uh, murder, probably not an issue with a lot of children. Coveting, maybe not an issue with a lot of, a lot of children. All these commandments were given to adults. 
And so I think when we just dismiss the fifth commandment and say that's kind of the kid's commandment, we miss out on a lot that's in play. And I got to tell you, there is a lot in play as we understand in greater detail this fifth commandment, what it means to honor our father and our mother. So let's, uh, if you have your Bibles, let's look at Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 12 is where you'll see the fifth commandment. I want to just spend a few minutes kind of breaking this passage down, and then we're going to kind of take a different look at this than perhaps we have uh, in the past. So it starts out this way, to honor, honor your father and mother. Let's talk about this word honor. To honor means to respect. To honor means to value or prize or revere. To honor in some ways means to be in awe of something. So to honor your father and your mother. That's what the Lord calls us to. And then it is the only commandment with a promise so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, let's just stop for a moment. Again, the context of the Ten Commandments, God has given these commandments to the children of Israel as they have just come out of captivity in Egypt, right? Ten plagues, parting of the Red Sea. Now we have the children of Israel and they get the Ten Commandments. And they're about to go into the new land, the promised land. Ultimately, the, the, the nation of Israel is going to be birthed. And what God is saying is, is if you will honor your father and mother, then as a nation, you will prosper in this new land. In other words, this foundation, this is super important, this foundation of family is going to be so important to your life in this new land. That's why I told you a few moments ago that basically every problem we have in our culture today stems from a violation of this fifth commandment because no other institution has been attacked like really the institution of marriage or family or this foundational institution of a father and a mother. It has been under attack by our enemy. And so it's attacked in so many ways. We, we kind of quit on our marriages, maybe through, through divorce, and it's kind of a breakdown in the family. And that's not to load anybody up with any, any guilt and shame. That's not the point. I'm just saying this is such an important institution, and we need to value it, because if we don't value it, then chaos reigns. And then just going on even further, as we even think about marriage and the culture we're in today, and I, I have to say it this way, because many people see this differently than I, I see this. And so anytime a person like me stands up and starts talking about traditional, or I would say it, biblical marriage between a father and a mother or a man and a woman, we live in a very different culture today. And they would say, well, that's your belief. I have a, I have a different belief. And here's what I would say, that you have every right to have that different belief. And if you see that differently, I respect your right to believe that differently. I would never say anything to be abusive to you or hurtful to you, not do anything to hurt you or to, to try to shame you in, in any way. But what I, what I would say is would you grant me the respect, would you grant me the respect to share what I believe the Bible teaches uh, about family and about marriage. I think it's really, really important. And in fact, you know, we live in a culture that says, well, you know what, I can marry who I want to marry and love who I want to love. Well, here's the truth of that matter. Uh, listen, if that violates th this commandment, think about it. It's really violating, first of all, the first commandment uh, to have no other gods before God. You're choosing to be your own God. Does that make sense a little bit? And so God is saying, this is this foundational institution. And even for me to take the last three to five minutes and talk about this, there's an awkwardness in the room, right? Everybody feels the awkwardness in the room. 
That's the point. This foundational institution has been so under attack, and it's a very strategic attack by the enemy because if this institution is destroyed, then the culture really doesn't have a chance to stand. That's exactly what God is saying. He's saying, as you children of Israel go into this new land, here's what you need to value. It's very important. And we see the breakdown of the home. I mean, I don't have to spend a lot of time, but a a child in our culture today who is raised in a broken home and uh, 300% uh, more likely to struggle with uh, anxiety or depression, 70%, I say this, and it grieves me to say this, 70% of those who are incarcerated in our country, come out of a, a, a broken home, twice as many high school dropouts, twice as likely to attempt suicide, on and on and on. All of these things we see is really a result of the breakdown or not honoring the foundation of the family and the foundation of home. So here's what I want us to do for the next couple minutes. Why honor? Why, is God, why does God's word say to honor our father and our mother, especially, think about this, especially if they're sort of dishonorable? Because I've been doing ministry for about 30 years, and I know this, I know this, so many people that I have met uh, have difficult relationships with their parents, and so trying to honor their father and mother, even though their parents have been sort of dishonorable in their life, has been a hard thing for them. So why is this so important, and how do we do it? That's all we're going to talk about. Here's something I think could help you a little bit, get some traction in this area. If it's hard for you to honor uh, your, your father or your mother, honor really is this. Honor is respecting the position over the person. It's respecting the position that God has placed really over you, not just the person. I want to show you a clip. We'll come back and talk about it in just a few moments. It's a clip from the miniseries Band of Brothers. Let's take a look at this clip, and it'll kind of make the point I'm trying to make here. Captain Sobel? Major Winters? Captain Sobel. We salute the rank, not the man. Some of you are like, don't start busting on Ross from Friends. He's a good dude. <laughs> What's the point? David Schwimmer, who, who plays Captain Sobel, when he started his military career, Major Winters, who's the man he could not or did not want to salute, was his subordinate. He was under him. But Sobel's career went down. Winters' career went up till Winters was a major And so when Captain Sobel came face to face with him because he was outranked by him, he was supposed to honor him with a salute, but he couldn't do that or didn't want to do that because it was hard for him. This is somebody who used to be under him. And then there's that really powerful, powerful line that we don't rank or salute the rank 
I just said that so bad. It was so powerful, and I've said it three times, and I've just said it wrong. Look, can we just have a do-over here? We salute the rank, not the man. That's a powerful line, isn't it? We salute the rank, not the man. So it is really honoring the position, not just the person. I think that helps us get some traction. And we don't honor our parents because they always deserve it. You see, we honor them because God has called us to do that. Now, Here's a couple things I want us to look at today, again, to help us get some traction. And why is it that we should honor? It seems like a, a difficult thing, especially if they're dishonorable. So here, here's the first thing. First thing is because I said so. Didn't you hate that as a kid? Right? When your parents told you to do something, you didn't want to do it, and they, 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 they countered with this because I said so. That's kind of the trump card. But God's playing the trump card here when he says, honor your father and your mother, I mean, because God said so. Honoring parents is actually an act of worship. It's an act of being obedient to God. It's obeying what God has called us to do. Maybe even sometimes we don't want to, right? We don't honor them, again, because they deserve it, but because God deserves our obedience, right? And so the second thing I would say is why honor, just to try to get some traction for you if this is a difficult thing for you in your life, is secondly, because they gave you life. It's one of the things that we all have in common as we sit here, right? Somebody gave you life, and that's worthy of honor, I never will forget when uh, Amy was uh, about to deliver our, our first son, and uh, we were in the labor and delivery room, and the, the family beside us, uh, they went first, and she went into labor, and she was delivering uh, that child. I had never heard anything like that in my life. It scared me to death, right? I mean, it was unbelievable. And it was there in that moment, I thought, I love my mom more now than ever before, right? If that's the only thing she ever did for me, and she did a whole lot more, she deserves my honor. For, for that. It, it was a life-changing thing. But see, every parent is flawed. Does that, does that make sense? I was telling a group of leaders this week about me as a, as a dad, as a pastor. I regret to say this. I would say, my boys, you know what? I, I think probably a six out of 10. I wish I was better, but I was flawed. I'd love to have some do-overs as a parent. But every parent is also at some level selfless, right? You know what it costs to raise a child from birth to 18 years, years old? $266,000 on average in our country, right? So that means if your mom and dad has, have two kids, if they didn't have two kids, they could have a condo at the beach right now, right? That's what that means. So it's a selfless act. And, and so beginning to see that, that we begin to honor because this is a selfless act. And, and kids tend to be poor historians. Children, I'm talking about myself, we tend to be poor historians. Sometimes we remember the negative things, and I'm not saying that they aren't there because they, they are, and we'll get to that, but sometimes we remember the negative things when we forget all the little sacrifices along the way and the things they did, and they did them well. And those are things that we can kind of brag on and, and, and encourage, and it cultivates honor as God's called us to. But then the third thing, and this is the last thing we'll look at before we'll change gears. Why honor? Because God said so? Because they gave you life? And number three, because it's always in our best interest. That's what this command is getting, getting at. Honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that has a promise associated with it. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's very interesting. And so what does that mean? Honoring, honoring my father and mother is always in my best interest. Paul takes this up in Ephesians chapter 6 and, and fleshes it out a little bit for us. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. 
And he says, so that it may go well with you, that, may, that you may enjoy long life on earth. And we said we honor parents so we can live for a long time. Well, that phrase, enjoy long life, means a richness of life or a fullness of life because that's what honor brings. When there's honor in relationships, there's a fullness and a richness to that relationship. Well, let's think about this. I, I, you may disagree with me, but it'll get us thinking. This is a very important point. Learning to submit to authority is life's first and, and can be life's most foundational lesson. Learning to submit to authority can be life's really first and most foundational lesson. And home is really the authority lab. It's first of all in the home where we learn to submit to the authority. The authority, the first authority that God places over us with our mother and our father, what is really at stake there is God is teaching us to submit to authority, right? Not just when we want to. In fact, we say this all the time around here that maximum freedom comes in submission to authority. You heard us say that? Maximum freedom in your life and my life comes when we submit to authority. Here's a quote from Augustine, a fourth century church father. Think about this. That's an old dude, right? Here's what, here's what he said. That didn't seem very honoring. He says, if anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? Meaning if we don't learn to honor the first authority that God has placed over us, then it would make sense that we may not honor anyone ever who's over us. And failing, watch this, failing to learn to honor those over us is the secret to a miserable life. Like if you want to be miserable, really quickly, let me tell you how to live a miserable life. Fail to honor anyone over you. You fail to honor anyone over you, that is the secret to a miserable life. Listen, there will always be dishonorable people to a certain extent over you, whether that's teachers, coaches, bosses, government officials, police officers, whatever. There will always be people, and they may be less than honorable, but listen, failing to honor the position that they have is the secret to a miserable life. And I want to be honest, I see a ton of that in our culture today. Do you? A ton of that. Like, so let me just tell you something. Without honor, chaos reigns. And I, I, that's what's taking place with this fifth commandment. God is saying, hey to the nation of Israel, you're about to get your new place. Before you move into your new place, let me just tell you, if you want things to go well in this new place, learn this foundational principle. Honor your father and your mother. Really, honor and celebrate this first and foundational relationship because everything really builds off of it. And what I want you to learn in this first and foundational relationship is that you submit to authority. Because if you don't learn to submit to authority at home, you won't submit in any other area and chaos will reign. Like, I want my kids and grandkids to honor me. Like, I, I really want that. I want, them to, I want them to like me. I'm wearing an Incredibles costume sort of tonight for the first time because my grandson wants me to do that. So I'm doing that. I'm going to risk looking goofy because I, I want him to like me. But here's the thing. If we dishonor our parents, and that, that's just not, some of you are like, well, hey, I'm, I'm glad we got our high school and college students in here because it's good for them to hear. No, this is for all of us. This command was given to adults first. 
Like if I'm dishonoring to my parents today, meaning I have my kids around and I'm saying negative things about my parents, I'm dishonoring to them, you see? So all of us can dishonor, even if your parents are gone, if they're deceased, to say dishonoring things about them to other people, that's still dishonoring, right? And think about this, if we dishonor our parents, it's doubtful if our children will honor us. Does that make sense? If we're dishonoring to our parents, it's doubtful if our children will honor us. So how do we honor? We've seen the why, because God said so, because they gave us life, and because it's always in our best interest to honor. That's what the scripture says. But how do we really live that out? I think there's tons of ways that we can live this out, but I want to kind of do it this way. The Bible talks about three distinct stages in the life of a human being, childhood, uh, early adolescence, or, or early adulthood, and then adulthood, those three stages of life. And we're going to see in the next five to seven minutes how in each of these three stages we're called to honor, right? The how-tos of honor. Let's start with children. As a child, we honor by obedience. As a child, I honor by obedience. Colossians 3.20, what does it say? Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Ephesians 6.1, again, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I love that phrase, in the Lord, right? So we can submit to the authorities over us, even when we don't like it, because what God is doing within us. And one of the things that I think that we, that we have to learn is when we're disobedient, children need to understand this, disobedience to parents is primarily and ultimately disobedience to God and the authority that he's placed over us. And I would say this to parents, this is super, super important. To parents of children, it is your, your role as a parent or college students thinking about, thinking about this, and in a few years you could have children of your own. Your role as a parent is to temporarily stand in for God. By the way you live your life, the things that are important to you, what they are seeing in you is showing them a glimpse of the nature of our God. You're able to show them what is right and wrong from God's perspective. So a great question for all parents of children today is, how am I doing as a temporary stand-in? And then secondly, I would say this, and I've said this all weekend long because it's way more for me probably than anybody. What I'm about to say, if I was a 26, 27-year-old with two boys like I was, if somebody could have set me down and I could have really listened, this would have so helped me if I could have learned this about discipline because discipline's a hard thing. Am I disciplining what bothers me or ultimately what bothers God? Because as a young father, I spent most of my time disciplining what bothered me instead of really what broke the heart of God. Does that make sense? In other words, what bothered me or what, was, what inconvenienced me or what embarrassed me, right? That's what I spent time disciplining instead of really disciplining what really broke the heart of God. I never will forget, I've told this story all weekend long. Um, when my boys were little, you know, the church was much smaller. And uh, on Sunday nights after church, sometimes there'd be a, a new family who'd come to the church. And, and uh, that was before we had the Explore luncheons. And so they, we would just take them out to dinner and, and I'd kind of talk about the church. And, and uh, you know, they'd decide if they wanted to stay here or go and usually go after dinner with us. But uh, 
Anyways, I never will forget, we went out with this family one night, went to a pizza place here in town after Sunday night, my two boys, and, and it was so amazing. Their kids were so well-behaved. I'm sitting there watching like, wow, it's awesome. And my boys were just acting crazy, man. Now, I look back on it, and they've been in church all day, all morning, uh, all evening, and then they have to go out and talk about church to end the day. For a 10-year-old, awesome. Right, yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. So we're at the pizza place, and they're just acting crazy. And so I'm trying to put off a good, you know, put off a good impression with his family, show them what a good pastor I am, what a good father, husband. So I hand some money, some quarters under the table to my boys because there were some uh, video games. So the handoff is made, and they get up from the table and start moving over, I think, to the play some video games. I couldn't see. The video games were behind me. The dad who's in front of me says, uh, Pastor, your boys are going to the jukebox. A cold sweat began to go over me. And I'm thinking, please play, you know, could we get an Amy Grant song here? Could we get a Stephen Curtis Chapman, Audio Adrenaline, Newsboys, something remotely spiritual? No, no. I just, on the, on, on the first beat, I knew exactly what it was. I mean, they picked ACDC back in black, and it was just rocking. Through, yeah, look at my brother right there. Because that's what they'd heard their mom listen to so much, and so that was the reason for that. I told her. And I was like, man. And I remember getting in the car. And I was upset with them. I was upset with them. Why? Because they embarrassed me. Instead of really taking that as an opportunity to really talk about our decisions and, and how they really break the heart of God, it was a, it was a big mistake. And, and failing to discipline the right way can really make it hard for there to be honor inside the home. It can be really a difficult thing. Um, over this past weekend, last weekend, we were away and celebrated my mom's 70th birthday. We just had all the family down there, and we're cleaning up and about to head back home. And so my, my grandson, he's four, and so I'm washing my boat before we come back home. And um, you know what happens when you have a four-year-old and you're washing a car, there's a hose pipe, and do you, you know how that goes? So I'm scrubbing, and he said, Pop, I want to help you wash your boat. I said, well, okay, buddy, I'll scrub and, 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 and you spray. It was a terrible idea, right? Everybody knows the way this deal is going to go down, right? Everybody who's been around a four-year-old. And, and so that happened for a little bit. And then he started spraying me and laughing. And then what happens is I grab the hose and I spray him. And so we're spraying each other. We're having fun. It's a good time. And then he just stops. He says, Pop, stop. My mom said, I cannot get wet. <laughs> he said, am I wet? I said, buddy, you're beyond wet. He said, well, don't tell my mom. And uh, it's then that I said, you know, the great thing about a grandparenting is you kind of get a do-over. I said, hey, buddy, I'll cut a deal with you. He said, what's a deal? I said, I, do this. I'm going to go to your mom and your dad, and I'm going to tell them that I'm the one who sprayed you, and you're wet because I got you wet because I did. He said, you'll do that? And I said, yes. I'll do that for you. But would you listen to me for one second? I had him right where I wanted him right there. It was a teaching moment, you know. <laughs> And so I said, would you, just, would you just think about this? I just want you to always tell the truth. It's okay to make some mistakes. And you got wet. We were playing around. And that was kind of my fault. I understand you're going to make mistakes. But I just want you to always tell the truth because that's what God wants. He wants us to tell the truth. And anytime we don't, it just makes things worse for us in our life. And so there was just, this, there was just that moment. I thought, you know, that, 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 that was, I wish I'd have done that to my boys growing up because I would have been the dad who'd have been frustrated about them being wet and driving home. That would have been my deal, right? And so I had this teaching moment. And I got done, and I thought, boy, I think this really sunk in. And he said, are you still going to go to my mom and tell her you did it? 
I said, yeah, I'm still, I'm still going to do that. So as a child, we honor by obedience. As a young adult, we begin to honor them by respecting them. I want to read you a quote, and I want you to kind of think in your mind maybe what time frame this quote was from. Youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should work. Young people do not stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents, talk too much in company, guzzle their food, lay their legs on the table, and tyrannize their elders. What time frame do you think that came from? Somebody said the 50s. Fourth century B.C., a man by the name of Socrates said that. It's kind of interesting that we struggle to respect as young adults. And, and, and before we, before we kind of, kind of go, go off on that, do, you know one of the reasons why is we begin at that age, we begin to see the inconsistencies in our parents, right? We begin to see that some of the things that they say, they're not exactly living out and it, they're just not doing this thing. They're just not navigating life perfectly. And so as we see these in, inconsistencies, kind of this lack, lack of respect sort of boils up. It's interesting that Western culture, the culture that we live in, is one of the only cultures that doesn't really value the aged. But what we're called to do in this stage of our life is so important. We respect the position even over the person. We respect their sacrifices. And one of the ways that we do that, a couple ways that we can do that, we show respect by our words. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 and 2. Do not rebuke an older man harshly. Paul says, even if you're right and you're a younger man, you're a young adult, you don't go to an older man and light into him. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. There's a right way to do that, a way to do that with respect. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. You see, God's a God of order, and there's a way that we have relationships with people. So we, we show respect with the words that we say. We show respect as we listen. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22 Listen to your father who gave you life and do not spise your mother when she is old. I spent 12 years of my life being a, being a youth pastor. And so what, 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 I, what I did many times was, was, was referee arguments between 15 and 16-year-olds and their mom and dad. And I've seen a lot of eyes rolled back and interrupting. And I, I did that as a young person as well. But if I had it to do over again... I would understand more that I am honoring and respecting God by the way I listen and respect those over me. We show respect as we defer with our words as a young adult, with how we listen, and as we defer, meaning how we put the needs of someone older than us ahead of our own. Right before COVID, I haven't traveled much really since COVID, but Usually when I, when I travel, I would try to leave on Sunday afternoon after church and get to wherever I'm going, but Sunday afternoon is a hard time for me to travel because I'm, I'm just tired and I can be a little irritable on Sunday afternoon, but I never will forget, I'm, I'm, I'm flying through Dallas-Fort Worth making a connection. I don't know if you've ever flown through the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. Um, no matter which terminal you land in, the terminal where your next flight, your connection flight is, is, is eight terminals over. 
So you get on the bus, I mean, you get on this train. And uh, I remember getting on that train and uh, you kind of, the doors are shutting and you just kind of come in right at the last minute and there's no seats and you just grab a handle. And, and I, I kind of rushed on and grabbed the handle. And then there was an elderly couple that just came in right behind me as the doors are shutting and kind of tattered clothes. I mean, just disheveled. And there was just a, just the seats were lined in this particular part of the, the train with just some young folks with their earbuds in, listening to music, and looked up at this couple and kind of began to snicker and then right back to their music. And it was Sunday afternoon, and I was tired, and I just went a little Old Testament. I was like, to this one young dude, I was like, hey, man, why don't you get up and, and let this lady have your seat? He's like, you know, he's dismissing me, snickering at me, like, whatever. What's going to say that? Don't say that, like, to an adult, whatever. That, real, that makes blood pressure go through the roof, I'll just tell you that, like, whatever. And I said, well, hey, let, let me tell you whatever. And he took his earbuds out. I said, do you want to be a man? Do you want to be a man? Because if you're a man, get up out of that seat and let her sit down because that's what a man does. And I remember him getting up out of that seat and inviting this elderly lady to sit down. And when he did, it was like this cataclysmic event. It was like these other folks around, the young, young people around him sort of noticed that. So now they're, it's like a game. They're inviting everybody older, older to sit down. The guy, older man gets to come in and sit down. And so I left that moment thinking, you know what? I'm not mad at that young dude. He just probably never has been taught what it means to honor and how important it is to honor and what a radical difference it makes in the culture when we get this thing right. It affects everything. So as a child, I honor by obedience. As a young adult, I honor by respecting them. And then lastly, as an adult, I honor my parents, if you still have them, by caring for them. Listen to what Jesus says. He says seven things from the cross. Isn't that fascinating? Seven things from the cross, the most significant, significant event in the history of the world. And watch one of them, John chapter 19, verse 26. Again, the context is Jesus being crucified on the cross for your sin debt and mine. When Jesus saw his mother there, she's still his mama. And he wasn't too busy with the most important event in the history of the world to show honor. And the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, which was John, he said to her, woman, which was a term of endearment in that culture. Don't try it in this one. <laughs> woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Do you see what Jesus is doing? In this most significant moment in history, he pauses and he says, here's what honor looks like as an adult. It means to care well for those who have cared for you. Did they do it perfectly? No. 
But we show honor by taking our turn in the care cycle, by caring for our parents as they age because they cared for us and because God calls us to it as it's a way to serve him. And if we don't do it, the Bible has something pretty strong to say about that. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So this issue of honor in every single stage of our life is incredibly important to the Lord and to the culture that we live in. Without it, chaos reigns. But lastly, as we close, Lastly, as we close, let me speak specifically to just a segment of the people in this room, a segment. And to those watching online, some of you have been hurt deeply, deeply by your parents. And I do not want to dismiss that in any way. Some of you in this room, perhaps you were raised by an alcoholic father and you grew up with a level of abuse that would be hard for us to get our mind around and nothing about that was right. Some of you grew up in homes and the folks that were allowed into your homes and the things that happened to you because of the carelessness and the lack of concern you still carry the scars of it today. You have been hurt deeply. How do we still try to live this commandment out when we've been hurt deeply? A couple things. Number one, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God will deal with the sin and the evil and the pain of those who are over you. He will handle that. But let me say this to you. Don't deny what has happened. Don't fake it. At some point, you have to face it if you want to be free from it. Why? Because it is affecting you today. And is it affecting those you love the most as well? In a sense, think about this. The enemy has robbed you of your past. And because you aren't dealing with it, he is robbing your present and future relationships. So how? here's the question, long way around the barn. How do we honor parents who have hurt us deeply? I think we do that by being honest with them. Maybe they're not even here. Maybe they're deceased, but writing a letter and just at some point being honest and saying maybe something like this. Mom, Dad, I want to be free to love you, but I am stuck because of the blank. Would you consider getting some help with me? A percentage of them might a larger percentage of them will not. But you still need to get help because the pain that came into your life as a child by your parents is affecting almost everything in your life today. 
We're just celebrating this week 10,000 hours here at New Vision of biblical counseling. What I love about that is so many people who have said, yes, I'm done faking it. And I want to let God begin to fix it. And I think for some of you, that's the next step for you so that you can be free, freer than you've ever been. Can I share one more verse? For those of you who all of your life, it's been a persistent cycle of hurt and abuse from your parents, and they just may never change. And you feel like, is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for me? Look at Psalms 27.10. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. And I have good news. Everything that your parents are not, God is and more if you'll let him. And there is not a hurt that they have brought into your life that the resurrected power of Jesus cannot begin to heal if you'll let him. So what's the invitation today? Here's the first question. Could you grow in honor? I can. I can. Why? Because first of all, it's honoring the Lord. Secondly, it's in my best interest. Here's three things. Is there an area of disobedience right now that you need to repent of? Disobedience towards your parents. It's ultimately disobedience to God. Is there an area of disrespect as it relates to my relationship with my mother and father? Or is there an area of disinterest where they need care and I'm not providing it? You see, here's the thing. Honoring our father and mother ultimately leads us to the real object of our honor, which is the Lord Jesus. You see? But some of you today, and I understand it, are still stuck and maybe you're saying something like this, Pastor Brady, I sort of, I, I get where you've been for the last 50 minutes or so that you've been talking. I'm sure it helps some people. They don't deserve it. They do not deserve it. And for me to begin to show them honor, it's like walking back into a snake pit. They don't deserve it. What would you say to me? I would start by saying this. I didn't deserve it. When God in Christ loved me, sacrificed for me, forgave me, and then adopted me as his son into his family, I didn't deserve it. And maybe one of the reasons that you're having such a hard time honoring others is because you have never truly felt the liberating grace, mercy, and unconditional love of the Father for you first. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we praise you. And Father, thank you for reminding us that this fifth commandment is not just for kids. God, show us where we need to grow in honor. 
God, reveal through the power of the Holy Spirit if there's any disobedience, disrespect, or disinterest. God, remind us that it's honoring the position, not the person. And Father, grant us the grace through the power of your Holy Spirit to walk in obedience. And Father, maybe in this moment, this lifetime of a lack of honor, lifetime of a lack of submitting to any authority has ultimately and finally revealed the real problem, a failure to submit to you. And I pray today in this place, right now in this moment, there would be folks by faith yielding to you completely, receiving what Christ came to give and trusting him and him alone. In Jesus' name, amen.